The Daily Tap is live for Friday. We are talking about the top storylines in the state of Wisconsin for the month of July. We'll get into that. We'll talk about why Summerfest has been a letdown. We will finish with the tap list. We're bringing it back. It's the first in a while. In honor of Aaron Rodgers, we will talk about the worst places to get a tattoo. Um, and that will be a lot of fun. I'm, I'm excited for it. I had the idea yesterday. I'm looking forward to it. So I hope you guys enjoy it as well. Uh, we are on all the socials. Tapping the keg on Twitter. Tapping the keg sports on Instagram and TikTok. We've been rolling on both Instagram and TikTok. Please follow along there. I'm trying to incorporate the podcast more. Um, it's a challenge. If you have any ideas, I'd love to hear them. Uh, lastly, um, speaking of that podcast, make sure you're rating and reviewing. If you're new to the podcast, if you came in from some of my uh, social stuff, uh, welcome. Hopefully you subscribe. We're everywhere. Uh, Apple, Spotify, doesn't matter. My Uber driver I told to listen to my podcast, which I'm getting better at talking about my podcast, guys. It's a... Uh, it's definitely a challenge for me. I'm not going to lie. As someone who doesn't like rejection, we could do, a, I do an entire segment on this, so I won't get too far far into the weeds. But yeah, it was a big step. Um, I, he could tell he's a sports fan. And so I, I uh, basically was like, yeah, here I have a podcast. Here's where you can find it. Here's what's called. I don't know if he actually took my advice and downloaded it, but regardless, I had talked about it, which is a big win in itself. So yeah, rate, review, subscribe, do all that. Tell your friends. Um, you know what I said? I've said it before. If you sh- show me that you've shared your podcast with some buds and you screenshot and send it to me, whether it's Instagram, whether it's Twitter, I will buy you a beer. I will bu- I will Venmo you a beer of your choice um, that you can have at the local pub. So you do that. I take care of you. You take care of me. A little sc- you, It's a quid pro quo. I'm not going to lie. Might be illegal in some business sense, but I don't give a shit because this is just a podcast. This is just dudes rocking. All right, let's talk about top storylines in the state of Wisconsin for July. July is sort of the, let's just call it the thirst is starting to build. Uh, I had a fr- I had some friends in college when we'd have a big weekend upcoming. There would be text messages that would be sent probably Wednesday, sometimes Thursday about a thirst is building. I think the thirst kind of starts at the end of July and then it really builds by the end of August because the thirst that is is football. And training camp starts and that is number one um, for the month of July. Training camp is always a big deal here in the state of Wisconsin. I think it's a big deal all over the United States. Uh, The first takes and get ups of the world will start transitioning to more football as we get closer and closer, and then there will be things to actually talk about that are happening in training camp. Now, you heard Aaron Rodgers talk about on Pat McAfee's show how the, the fans need to relax about the offense and not necessarily overreact. Now, I will guarantee you that the national media, as well as the local media, as well as the fans, will not follow that credence. Um, there will be a lot of overreactions. I think if David Bakhtiari isn't healthy at the start of training camp, I think a lot of people will freak the fuck out. I don't probably put myself at freak the fuck out. I probably f- put myself at, all right, this is a little bit, this is a little concerning. That's all I would I would be at right now. Now, if we get to around my birthday, which is like August 15th, I would then be freaking the fuck out if David Bakhtiari still isn't on the field. That would That's when I officially am like, okay, we got some problems here. Um, and we talked a little bit about that yesterday, so I don't mean to repeat myself. But also, you know, the training camp with the rookies, it's, it's exciting. It's always exciting. I think you try your best not to, again, 
look too far into it and get too excited. I know I've done it. I will probably do it. You'll probably see a, a training camp overreaction topic somewhere uh, buried, whether it's in the end of July or early August, because it happens, right? Happens with spring training too. Uh, it doesn't happen as much with basketball because I don't think we are as attuned to like the training camp of basketball, uh, but it does happen with you know baseball, the same thing, um, where we just sort of start watching stuff and we're like, oh my God, this guy's great. This guy sucks. You know, you, you just get all sorts of takes. I'll be very curious to see what the preseason uh, schedule looks like for the Packers. Will you have more Rodgers out there? Will they learn from the mistakes of last year? Would Matt LaFleur chalk up last year to being an anomaly? I think that's a question I really hope the Packer media asks Matt LaFleur. I think Matt, Lef- Matt LaFleur needs to give an answer on that, and they they should hold it to him. Now, will they? I don't know. Um, I... I have multiple things that I want the media to ask, but they don't. And sometimes it's like, do they care? Do they do they think their readers don't care? Maybe I'm the only one that actually gives a shit about this stuff. But I, I really do think that what the Packers do from a preseason playing perspective, I think matters more than it has in years past, just given how brutal the first six quarters of the NFL season were for the Green Bay Packers last year. They were awful. Remember that Lions game? I mean, they won, and they won. I think they won by double. They might have covered the spread in that one. But the first half was fucking awful. They did not play well in that first half, and then they finally turned it on and figured it out the rest of the way. So something to keep in mind. I'll be curious to see what Matt LaFleur does from that perspective. Number two, I have what the Brewers will do at the trade deadline. I think that, to me, will be a major point of conversation for all of July. Uh, there haven't been a ton of trades. I was just talking to my guy Twigs about that yesterday, and he was saying, yeah, there really haven't been a ton of trades, which is right. And I think everybody's kind of in a holding pattern. I think some teams are trying to see where they are, where they stand. You know, you have the Orioles right now have been a great surprise. So will the Orioles move off of like a Cedric Mullins or a Ryan Mountcastle or Trey Mancini? I don't think Mountcastle has been mentioned, but will they move off of Mancini or Mullins? Why Why would they? They have actually a pretty solid bullpen. Will they move one of those guys? I don't know, right? They're maybe a year away from contending. Granted, this is how I felt about the Tigers last year. And then the Tigers have been fucking awful, even after paying a ton of money for Javi Baez and a few other things. That Eduardo Rodriguez thing, by the way, is bizarre for the Tigers. So will they move? The Seattle Mariners, who are a team who loves to wheel and deal, Jerry DiPietro, their general manager, loves making deals. Well, they're now at 500. They're starting to play really good baseball, and maybe the Mariners can make a push. And if anybody's desperate to make the postseason, it's the Mariners. And as for the NL... You know, the Phillies, Dave Dombrowski, always a guy wanting to make moves. The Phillies have been really good. They're in it. They don't have Bryce Harper until the middle of uh, August. So could they make some big moves? It, the Brewers are going to be competing against a lot of people, is I guess what I'm trying to say. And I I said this probably like three weeks ago, four weeks ago, but it bears repeating. They have a lot of major markets that they're going to be dealing with. The f- two New York teams are the best in baseball. One New York team, weirdly, it's the Mets, wants to spend all the money in the world. They don't give one flying fuck. You know who also doesn't give a flying fuck about spending money? The Los Angeles Dodgers. They'll spend whatever. So you have the Dodgers and Mets, who are the two teams you're competing against in the playoffs, willing to spend whatever to get to a World Series. Oh, and then you have the Braves, where Alex Antropolis, their general manager, is savvy as fuck and will you know, make moves. Another guy who is willing to wheel and deal and make his team better. Oh, A.J. Preller, uh, San Diego's general manager, who's the fourth seed right now. 
Uh, he, by the way, or five, fifth seed, excuse me, he also is a madman. So you, oh, and, and by the way, the Cardinals, Cardinals have a ton of talent. You're telling me they can't trade Nolan Gorman or Libertor or some of their other young prospects to get a guy like a Frankie Montes, right? Like that's my biggest fear is that they're going to get Frankie Montes. Like I've kind of said that for a month now, but I, I am, I know he's hurt, but I, I do think that's a, a real concern for me with the St. Louis Cardinals as their starting rotation after this year might not be that special. Like, is Jack Flaherty really a guy? Is Adam Wainwright probably is retiring? I think he is retiring, actually. So Adam Wainwright's gone. Flaherty is maybe a shell of himself. Dakota Hudson has not necessarily got to the level that I think everyone expected him to. Miles Mikolas, probably an all-star. So you have, I guess, Mikolas, but that's about it. And that starting rotation is pretty sad when you look at it. And I think you've seen it kind of exposed in the last week or so as the Cardinals have played the Phillies and Braves. And the Braves, they finally won against the Braves, but it took an 11th inning, 11th inning struggle uh, last night in Atlanta. Speaking of All-Stars, well, third storyline of the of the Wisconsin July will be who does who do the Brewers have as All-Stars? Most notably, does Devin, Devin Williams become an all-star? I think that actually is the bigger storyline than the other guys, right? Because Devin Williams is a middle reliever. He's, he's, he, you know, he's a setup guy, but technically he's qualified as a middle reliever. Now, middle relievers do not make all-star games. Usually you have to be a closer or you have to be a starter, and that's it. But you could make a legitimate case that Devin Williams is the best reliever in baseball this year. That he's even better than Josh Hader. After a rough start, Devin Williams has been goddamn untouchable. There's a Devin Williams, Josh Hader conversation that I want to have on the podcast. I just, I haven't found the time or I I forget to have it um, about why really there's a strong case to trade Hader this offseason. And I think Williams has built that case. Um, So to that point, Devin Williams as an all-star is something I think you have to consider if you're the coaches, the teams. Like I I don't see how Devin Williams is an all-star. Devin Williams deserves it more than honestly a lot of the guys. Like he is a guy that I'd say, yeah, no brainer. Just like when we did the whole thing about the Brewers don't have an all-star all-star positional player, like Goldschmidt. Pete Alonzo, Manny Machado, like all those guys are no brain, no brainer all stars. Devin Williams, no brainer all star. Sandy Alcantara of the Miami Marlins, no brainer all star. Right, Tony Goslin from the Dodgers. Of course, the rich get richer, and the Dodgers have another fucking stud uh, just out of the blue. Yeah, again, he is a, a no brainer all star. Devin Williams fits that category. He deserves it, and I do think if Devin Williams doesn't get in. I think there will be a lot of outrage among the baseball community, not just in the Brewers. I think it'll be all of baseball. I mean, Jeff Passan tweeted out, I think last week, that Devin Williams deserves to be an all-star. And if Passan, who I would consider one of the chieftains of baseball at this point in terms of media, if he's already saying Williams deserves to be there, I hope that that kind of permeates among, among the group. As for the other guys, I definitely think that you'll have Corbin Burns there. He won't start. Um, I think that belongs to Alcantara. I could see Tony Goslin also because it is LA. I think that'd be bullshit though. I think Sandy Alcantara is the best pitcher in baseball right now. Um, To me, he has the belt. And I think Sandy deserves to start for the National League. 
Um, but I think God, I think Corbin Burns will be there. Um, I also think Josh Hader, even though I know he struggled recently, I think there's no reason Hader won't be there as well. So I think you're looking at about three All-Stars for the Brewers. I could maybe see some replacement with like a Rowdy Telez. I doubt a Christian Yelich, um, even though I think Yelich has had a pretty solid year. Um, but I think you would look at Telez as a potential backup maybe if, say, somebody's not playing. Like, say, Goldschmidt decides he's not going to play. Maybe Rowdy's that fill-in for uh, Goldschmidt at first base. But we'll have to see. But, yeah, I, I think it would be a crime if Williams is not there. And I expect a lot of people to be outraged if he isn't he isn't an all-star. Last couple here. I think realignment news is going to be still a big deal, right? I don't know if we have a clear picture on what realignment could look like for Wisconsin. Obviously, they're in the Big Ten. They're comfortable. They're tucked in. They don't have to worry. It's kind of like out of sight, out of mind. Let you guys figure it all out. The question is, will the Big Ten go to, you know, 20 or 18 teams in 2024, or are they going to steadfast at 16 and just stay put? Now, there was some thought in the media world, sports media world, that is, that they will stay put for a couple of years, chill out, and then will add Notre Dame and try to convince Notre Dame, like, this is where you need to be. Obviously, you need another team to go along with that. Um, whether that's more teams from the West Coast, whether it's Oregon, whether it's Washington. You know, one of the things I heard from Bruce Feldman on Ryan Rosillo's show this week was Phil Knight has to be kept happy by the Pac-12. The Pac-12 has to convince Phil Knight that Oregon can be this standalone program for them, which I don't know. It's hard for me to, to believe that. I mean, the boosters will believe that at Oregon, but I mean, guys have left Oregon, right? Willie Taggart left Oregon. Uh, Mario Cristobal left Oregon, right? It doesn't seem like a place that people are actually staying as coaches. And that, to me, says you're not a premier franchise. Like, you're a premier organization, premier university. Like, that's just, that's just not who you are. The fact that I said franchise for college football is ironic and probably poetic, right? I don't think that's a Freudian slip. I think that's definitely what you have here with college football. It's not necessarily what it used to be, which is okay. Um, you know, I, I do agree that some of those traditions will get ruined and it won't be as fun and you'll have divisions and it'll look basically like the NFL. Um, yeah, I don't know. That's It's going to be an adjustment period for sure. And I do want to do like a schedule that's also on my list of, of podcast topics of you know, looking at what that Big Ten might look like and how do you play out a season? What does that What does that entail uh, for you? And it does seem like it's Fox versus ESPN, which is wild in its own right. So that, I think, is really where you go. Maybe there's news on who gets the contracts for, for the Big Ten. I know the Big Ten has reopened up those conversations. I doubt it'll be an Amazon or an Apple. I think they might get, like, a game of the week, right? Like, it might be Apple... Apple Plus or Apple TV Plus, which is where the Brewers are on today, by the way, like Apple TV Big Ten Game of the Week or something like that. But I personally, I have no knowledge of this, but this is just my media brain. I think it'll be Fox. I think, well, Fox already has it with the Big Ten Network, but I think Fox will have a significant investment in the Big Ten. I then think CBS will come in and be a player. Like I think CBS is looking to replace, obviously, the SEC on Sat on Sundays or Saturday, excuse me. I think CBS will then have the you know the Big Ten game of the week, you know that two thirty slot, and so that two thirty slot is for CBS. The eleven a.m. is for Fox, and then maybe Fox also has the six thirty game, and then they they basically shut out ESPN and ABC, which will be fascinating, by the way. 
to see how ESPN, ABC, College Game Day covers the Big Ten if they do get shut out. Because speaking from experience in the Big East, basketball-wise, they stop giving a fuck about the Big East. Like they disregard the Big East in the worst possible way because it is all Fox. None of their games are on ESPN. It's very rare to see Marquette play on ESPN. And no one cares. No one cares about the Big East in the on the mothership. So I would be very curious to see if the Big Ten completely shuts out ESPN, will ESPN just stop talking about the Big Ten? Which I hope not, because I love college game day, and I'd hate for that to be the case, because I love Big Ten football. I like college game day. I don't necessarily want to see those two things like not coincide. And there are great venues to do college game day at Big Ten venues. So maybe you can't, you can't avoid it, right? Because... You have the rights for the national championship. Ohio State's one of the best teams routinely. Michigan's obviously pretty good. Penn State has their years. Iowa has the weird year. Wisconsin has the weird year. So maybe you can't avoid it like you can with the Big East where you don't have the rights to the tournament. You don't have to necessarily talk as much about if Villanova is awesome or if you know everyone's going to be so high in Creighton this year, which is weird in its own right. And another story for another time. But maybe that type of stuff you can't you can avoid because you're not necessarily the hosting the big tournament at the end last thing um i do think there might be a move for the box we'll see um it's kind of funny that i had this whole thing planned out for mitch yesterday i mentioned this on tabbing the keg but like i would have the topic like better worse stay the same and i was like i was worried with the releases that they were going to make a move they didn't make a move um, so we'll, we'll just kind of wait on pins and needles and see what the Bucks have planned. Maybe they make the move today and and it ruins this podcast. But I'll be curious to see if the, what the Bucks roster looks like by the end of July. Um, we'll also have Summer League. Everybody will have their own takes. Um, I'm sure they will be out of control. They're similar to training camp, right? It's just a different, it's a different brother. I guess it's like a brother of training camp, right? It's the same sort of thing where people go crazy and overreact to all this bullshit. It's glorified pickup. I'm not, I'm not going to buy into anything at this point. Um, obviously, if someone looks really rough, there might be some questions there. But even then, like Trey Young was terrible in Utah and in the Utah Summer League, and everybody thought Trey Young was this bust and I think I probably did too I wasn't a huge Trey Young guy still I'm not and then you know he had a pretty good Vegas run and then obviously had a solid rookie season and then they got to the Eastern Conference Finals so I think the Trey Young you know that's a great example of somebody who started out slow but then obviously is a star player and a guy who a team is trying to build a franchise around so we'll see but yeah let me know if I missed anything um but should be a fun should be a fun month even though it's a slow month right even though July isn't necessarily the best sports month. It's probably one of the worst. Honestly, we could probably do a tap list on sports months. I think July would definitely be among the worst, but I still think you're going to have a good month. And then, like I said, that thirst will start building at the end of the month. Mouth will, mouths will be watering. And then by August, and we do this topic again, we're going to be like football, 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 right? All right, let's move on to Summerfest. So I was at Summerfest last night. Uh, lot, huge crowd. Uh, it was uh, night and day from when I went with my guy Murph two weeks ago um, on Thursday, on opening night. And I was thinking about it, and the more that I thought about it, the more I realized that Summerfest dropped the bag. They they did not do a good job here with how they planned out Summerfest, in my opinion. And now I'm one man. I understand that. I understand that every everybody will have a different opinion. Uh, for those who are unfamiliar, Summerfest did three straight weekends. It's going on this weekend. Last day is the 9th on Saturday. 
Uh, Summerfest decided to do this three weekend tier after last year where they didn't have a ton of success with it, but they felt like there was still an area of opportunity here. They did it because of COVID. Uh, they also did it on a Sunday, forgetting that the Green Bay Packers play and that football is king. And that even if the Packers aren't playing, people care about their fantasy leagues, people care about their DFS lineups, their bets. Like they don't really want to be at Summerfest while all of this, and they don't want to go to concerts on Sunday night when they have to work the next day, right? When you have to work the next day in summer, it's not as bad. Right, you're like okay, whatever, fuck it. It's maybe a little hungover, but even Sunday night shows are probably a little bit more, shall we say, not necessarily the best viewing experience. But Sunday, not having Sunday at all, is kind of odd, right? If anything, shouldn't they run like a you know ten to six or something on on Sunday, make it a little more sort of carefree? But Summerfest not being around basically the 4th of July week seems to make zero sense to me. So if Summerfest did their traditional schedule and started on the 23rd, they would be over, let's see here, two, they actually would have ended, right? So if it was an 11 day festival, if I'm doing this, I'm doing the math right here. So 23rd, 7.30, that's seven. Though they take a day off in there. So let's see here, sorry, this is bad, bad radio. So 23rd, one, two, three, four, day off Friday, five, six, seven, eight, nine, 10, 11. So they actually, they would not have started on, because the last day would have been that Monday. So what they would have done is they would have started it actually a little bit later or earlier in the week and then found a way to get you to probably the 10th of July. And that would probably have been the day where they look at it and say, all right, that's the last day of Summerfest. And I think you probably would have done the 30th, right? If that was the case. I don't know. Regardless, how do you not have Summerfest going? Yeah, I know you can't control this because you don't know the baseball schedule, but think about how much money was lost that they didn't have Summerfest going on when the Cubs were in town. Just think about that for a second, okay? So July 4th, you, they don't always are not always on Monday. But July 4th, the game was at 3 o'clock. Game was over. Now, you had a bunch of rain at night, so I guess we can cancel that one out. But Tuesday night, yes, you would have got washed out. It would have probably got, been a washout at night. But during the day, you would have had all those Cubs fans. Wednesday night, you would have had all those Cubs fans coming in. That's a lot of revenue to me that was lost. I do understand that, yeah, maybe they got lucky. The I guess the argument against it is there were rainouts. But the Thursday through through Saturday just does not feel the same. I don't know. It's hard to explain. It just is not, does not feel like Summerfest. It is, I think the thing about Summerfest, the beauty of Summerfest is that it is basically a week and a half of highlighting Milwaukee and just showcasing Milwaukee for that week and a half. And that having these great artists that sometimes wouldn't come through or that they would only perform in these sort of venues come to Milwaukee, right? And have an outdoor festival. And having it three straight weekends just feels like, you know, your Irish fest or your German fest or any of those other festivals that go on. It, it's really no different, right? And if anything, I think Summerfest with their new CEO needs to look hard and deep as to what you could potentially do. I kind of don't understand why you want to do Wednesday to Sunday and then just take two, Monday and Tuesday off for two straight weeks. Like, what's wrong with that? Monday, so if you did that and you just said, all right, so we're going to do two weeks of Summerfest, 
We're actually going to do it in the end of June, not in July. I would recommend having July 4th because I think people get bored around the 4th of July. So not everybody's at a lake house, right? Like I think it gets kind of overstated that everybody has plans on the 4th of July. They don't. Like I think having that availability would be great. So I think you would start that last week in June. You'd say, all right, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. So that's that's five days. Take Monday and Tuesday off. Then you're back at it Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Sunday, and then you're done, right? To me, that seems a lot more condensed than this idea of, all right, we're gonna do three straight weekends. It just feels feels odd. I think there, there are gonna be a lot of tickets that aren't used. You'll be, have, it's probably very easy to find a free Summerfest ticket if you wanna go this weekend, whether it's tonight or tomorrow. And the weather is not gonna be great today. Um, it's gonna be pretty chilly, honestly. Um, so it'll be a cold cold night at Summerfest. Tomorrow will be better, but it's not gonna be this like amazing weather either. So say, to me, Summerfest has kind of lost its way. I don't know if they're ever going to find it. Um, it'll be a very big challenge for the, the new CEO as they've been in the red for some time. But I'm sure Summerfest will find a way. I'm sure Summerfest will continue to innovate and do some different things. And I look forward to it. I'm someone, I my Murph calls me Mr. Summerfest, which is kind of untrue. I think the only reason why I'm called that is because I know where everything is. But I, I know where everything is because I've been going to Summerfest for, let's say I'm 33. I mean, I've been going to Summerfest for a long ass time. Like there was a baby with headphones on at one of the shows we were at last night. And I pointed that out to my wife and I was like, that's what my parents did. Like there are pictures of me when I was like a baby. So I've, you know, I've been there for a long ass time, but I've been going myself um, for gosh, since I was 15 or 16 and then, and since then. And so it's been great. And I hope that Summerfest still is what, is what it is today. Like I hope it does not change. I hope that they figure out new ways to innovate, to make money, and to bring big acts. Uh, so I was, I was encouraged at least, to end it on positive note, I was encouraged to see the crowds yesterday and hope that it's going to be the same on Thursday and, or Saturday, excuse me, Friday and Saturday. All right, let's move to the tap list. For those who are unfamiliar with this segment, we come up with four or five things listing um, that basically make our list. And the list, there's a topic, and that's the tap list, similar to any bar you'd go to and you'd see what's on tap. And you know that you're probably gonna have your Miller Lite, you're probably gonna have your, uh, I wouldn't say Bud Light, uh, Miller Lite, probably High Life maybe. You have your traditional craft beer, like your Lakefront, right? Or a Spotted Cow. You're like, oh, we got Lakefront and Spotted Cow. It's like, cool, dude. Like everybody else fucking has Lakefront and Spotted Cow. We have Blue Moon, oh, sweet. But yeah, so that's kind of what it is. Um, doesn't have to be five. I've been keeping it to five um, recently, but it's sometimes you have more more to talk about. But yeah, I, I would say that it's anywhere from like five to 10. Um, so here it is. Here's the tap list. It is the worst places to get tattoos. In honor of Aaron Rodgers and his forum tattoo, I did grade it on Instagram and TikTok. Tapping the Keg Sports, follow there. Um, I don't think that's a worse place to get a tattoo. I will say that right now. Um, I think the my list here are places that are much worse. Uh, we will start in descending order. We will go with the number one, which is the face or neck. I don't think you can get anything worse than a face or neck tattoo. Um, I was having dinner with my dad at McBob's and the waitress had all sorts of face tattoos. 
And God bless her for being able to get work. But she looked absolutely brutal. Like, there, you just cannot look good with a face tattoo. Um, there's no way that you can look professional. There's no way that you can look like you're a functional member of society with a face or neck tattoo. I think you just scream trouble. You scream either that you're, you're doing some nefarious things or something else. I should also point out, I should add this disclaimer before I start ripping on people with face tattoos. It's not meant to offend anybody. Let's just have, be casual. It's fucking Friday. Don't get don't get your you know panties in a bunch or anything like that and things I say. If you have a problem with it, take it up on social. Um, if your friends or your relatives or you have a tattoo in the areas that I call out, I apologize. Um, but same time, uh, I would probably tell you to your face if I thought it was a bad tattoo. Number two are knuckles. All right, like I could say hand tattoos. A lot of people have hand tattoos, but like actual knuckles like being able to like see things written on your knuckles you don't see it often but i i think that's really fucking stupid again it goes back to the point of like how you look and how you approach and people see you with hand like knuckle tattoos they have stuff written out like i don't know like wild and free or something like that uh, you know that to me that's fucking dumb and again not a lot of people are gonna look at that and say oh yeah that person with the knuckle tattoos, they really mean business. Um, I just, I don't think that's a good spot to get a tattoo. I have to think it fucking hurts. Um, but yeah, having things, and then having people read your hands all the time. Do people really want that? Do people really want like having something written on their knuckles and they're like, what the, What does that say? So like, I'm okay with certain like small hand tattoos. I get that. Um, I know some people do like the ring tattoo where like they have the ring on their finger, but then it's tattooed. Like that's okay. Like that to me, that's perfectly fine. But the like knuckle tattoos bridge way too far. Um, I even think like something on your palm is a little weird too. It's it's very similar to the face tattoo because you always see it. You'll never not see that. Okay. Number three for me, it's more of a women's tattoo, but it's the inverse tramp stamp. It's the tattoo like right above the pubic region. Most notable person to have a tattoo like that is Polina Gretzky. Polina Gretzky, for those who aren't familiar, her dad is Wayne Gretzky. You probably know her. You probably follow her on Instagram. Married to Dustin Johnson. She has a 99 tattooed on like the V right above her pubic region. It, to me, that is like an all-time sluttiest place to have a tattoo, okay? I am just gonna immediately think like that you are down and very down. And the fact that it's your dad's fucking number right by your hoo-ha, man, I, if I was her dad, I, I don't know. I just would probably have to just ignore that out of sight, out of mind, never see it. I think if you're, but if like, if they're like swimming, right? Or like they're at the pool, he's gonna see your fucking tattoo. Like that doesn't go away. And that was like a thing she was known for back in the day. Now, granted, she's obviously, you know, has kids, has a husband. It's, you know, cleaned up her act a little bit. But man, that one is not a spot that you want to have a tattoo. Not a lot of people see it, but when they do, uh, I'm sure that they judge quite a bit um, because that's that's not a place that makes a ton of sense. I don't, I don't get that. I don't get why you would put a tattoo there. That just, I, I can like, can weirdly understand it didn't make the list but like i can understand like the under boob tattoo if you're a woman right i can understand the rib for sure but like I, I can't get the one that's like i guess it's the v and if you're a guy that has that that's to me even weirder um because like why 
what are we doing? Like, come on. That to me for a guy is is, is bizarre. But um, yeah, so that's number three on the list. All right, so to re- recap as we go to the last two, we have the face and neck, knuckles, and what I'll call the inverse tramp stamp. Tramp stamp, by the way, no one has a tramp stamp anymore. Tramp stamp's got fucking shot. Can't talk about something that got canceled. No one has a fucking tramp stamp anymore. No one who's like, I guess I'll take it back. Nobody who is a millennial has a tramp stamp anymore. It was a known trashy thing as all of us were growing up. And I think me, you know, maybe those elder millennials have the tramp stamp, but not a ton of people have that anymore. Number four, the elbow tat. Um, I think those are bizarre, right? They those can't feel good. They're weird. As you get older, they get wrinkly. They get gross. You know, I, I notably people will put like the spider web on their elbows. Like obviously those people will kick your ass. So I, I shouldn't talk too much about them. But it's fucking. It's a weird place for a tattoo. It's it. How a is it comfortable? B it just looks strange, especially as you get older and your skin loosens and shit like that. If you get fat, right? That that doesn't look like a web anymore. That kind of looks just like a bunch of flab. Same with like a knee, right? Why why are people tattooing their knees? But people tattoo everything, right? So I'm not surprised. I, again, I just don't think knees are a, a good spot for a tattoo. The last thing, a little odd, but I saw it in UFC, which is a place for bad tattoos, and I thought I'd mention it. The leg sleeve. I think leg sleeves are, are really weird. And if you think about it locally here in the state of Wisconsin, if you tattooed your entire leg, right? And you just said, all right, I'm going to have a leg sleeve. I'm going to cover my leg. Well, no one's going to see that from probably October to March, right? No one's going to see that fucking leg sleeve because you're all going to be wearing pants unless you're like some fucking hardo who always wears shorts. But then you're known as the hardo who wears shorts and you're like, oh, he's only wearing shorts to show off his full ass leg sleeve. Like I just think leg sleeves are weird. I think leg tattoos, like I was going to put calves, but I, I, I think a lot of people have calf tattoos and I, I don't know. I think some calf tattoos are all right. Um, and, but the full leg sleeve makes no sense. Um, I think if you're going to get a sleeve, just do it on your arms. Be a normal person. Don't, don't be fucking different. Like, like leg is just, there's a lot to work with there. And who's also checking out your legs? Like it, to me, it's not a conversation topic. Like you can't, like with an arm sleeve, you can pull up your arm and be like, here's what this means. Here's what that means. And, and they look fucking cool. Like, trust me, like, I'm not just like, I don't have any tattoos. If you're, you didn't understand already. But I'm not one who's like, I hate tattoos. Like sometimes I see tattoos and I'm like, that's fucking badass. Like I would like a tattoo. I'm too old for a tattoo now, right? I'm 33. I'm way too old to have a fucking tattoo. All right. Just, it's past my prime. If I was actually like a D1 athlete, I'm sure I would have had a tattoo on my arm. It's what offensive linemen do. But I wasn't a D1 athlete. I was an athlete for two years in college and I got out. And I, the closest I came to doing something with my body, um, you know, that was peer pressured by friends, which I think a lot of tattoos are, is I was going to pierce my ears. And I didn't. I'm very glad I didn't. I would have looked fucking awful. Uh, but that, that didn't happen. So uh, we'll leave it at that. But yeah, I just, I think a leg sleeve is just not something you don't pull your leg up and be like, here's what, here's what my leg means. Here's what this. Like, I don't, I don't know. It's not for me. Curious to see if you guys have any other answers, anything else I missed. You hit me up on social, uh, tapping the keg on Twitter, tapping the keg sports on Instagram or, or TikTok. 
All right, that does it for today's show. We'll be back on Monday. Um, we're taking a week off with tapping the keg. I know I mentioned that with Mitch. Uh, so next week, we talked about it. Next week's actually better for Mitch. That means I'll probably take a day off too, um, just to not necessarily do five podcasts for the Daily Tap. It's a lot, um, be honest. So I will probably look at Tuesday as my tentative day off. But if news happens and things break, uh, we'll be here. And you know, maybe maybe it is five five days this week. Who knows? You can't predict what goes on. All right, guys, take care of yourself. Have a great Friday. Hope you have a great weekend. Um, whether you're going Brewer game, Summerfest. Go and see Rage Against the Machine. There's a lot going on here in the state of Wisconsin. Or if you're just chilling, watching Bucks Summer League, hanging out, um, that's okay too. Hopefully you guys, whatever, however you celebrate your weekend, you're doing it with us at Tabbing the Keg Sports. All right, take care of yourself. Have a great weekend. We'll be back Monday. See you. Bye.